Damar Hamlin, the Buffalo Bills player that collapsed on the field, stopped breathing, was revived by very talented athletic trainers. Sounds like he's going to be okay, which is certainly good news. But the reason he's going to be okay is because people were trained and ready to assist him to restart his heart. His, he stopped breathing on that field. And but for people who knew how to revive him, this outcome would not have been what it is. And we are so grateful for that. But we should use what's happened with Damar Hamlin as a wake-up call. When I was on the board for the Huguenot Little League, we had heard stories of baseball players, young baseball players, being hit in the chest with baseball. With baseballs you know, going at very fast speeds. And if it hits just right... Those kids can collapse. One young kid died because he didn't get access to life-saving treatment. And we made sure that we had AEDs ready and available and people were trained just in case. You hope you never need it, but you just in case. And so joining us today, we have an organization whose mission it is to prevent sudden cardiac arrest in children, protecting hearts, saving lives. Simon's Heart. We have joining us Jennifer Parado, Executive Director of Simon's Heart. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks so much for having us this morning. Well, thank you for joining us. So just tell our listeners, I think you're out of Philadelphia, tell our listeners about Simon's Heart. Yeah, so, you know, I first just want to say I'm so sorry for the loss of that young boy that you just mentioned. Simon's Heart started 18 years ago when a little boy passed away of sudden cardiac arrest. Since then, his mom and dad really launched the foundation to do a few things that are really pillar to sudden cardiac arrest prevention and what to do in case of an emergency. So in terms of prevention, we provide free heart screenings in this community. We've screened over 18,000 hearts here in the greater Philadelphia area catching more than 150 heart conditions, saving those kids' lives. Some of them went right to open heart surgery. Some of them have just been on a watch and wait, but it's been integral to our programming to make sure we continue to do that. The other two are what you just mentioned, the emergency action plan. How do you proceed with the emergency action plan if you don't have the tools to do that? So at Simon's Heart, we provide AEDs where children learn and play two ways. We donate them to communities that really need them. And we have a crowdfunding website on our website, gotaed.org, to allow folks to donate and fulfill those as well and to raise money for them. We also teach CPR in the community. We um, do partner with someone that helps us certify if they need it. But what we're trying to do is make it a little less scary for individuals and children to learn how to do CPR. So we have a giant inflatable CPR jukebox that we bring out to town and we invite folks to come in to pick a song. You might have learned CPR through the song Staying Alive. A lot of young kids don't even know that song. So we have hundreds of songs on our playlist that do that 120 minute uh, beats per minute. And we say, pick a song, grab a ball, push to the beat, surprise you're learning CPR. And then boom, we're teaching hundreds of thousands of individuals the act of CPR um, in one fell swoop. So we are talking to Jennifer Parado, Executive Director of Simon's Heart. I'm Karen Michael in for John Reed. At what age should we teach CPR? Can I mean, what's the youngest age that we should be teaching that? And, and why is it important to learn CPR? 
Yeah, so, uh, you know, my nine-year-old can do it. She can teach everyone, I think, as long as you're strong enough to do those compressions two inches, you know, below the chest and not be afraid to do that. Everyone should learn CPR. In case of emergency, you just don't, you just don't want to be scared um, when someone collapses. You really want to be prepared. So I, I, you know, I don't know, less under nine um, could be doing it, but they could certainly learn the act and they could learn the, the chain of survival, which is call 911, start CPR and find that AED. That is the most so important. So even if you're too young to do the CPR because you may not be strong enough because it's an adult, you should absolutely know to call 911 and grab someone. And talk to us about, you talk on your website about prevention, preparing, and innovating. So start, start with prevention. What can we do in the area of prevention with cardiac arrest, heart disease, and our children? Yeah, I mean, in terms of prevention, I really invite everyone to ask their pediatricians, what are we doing to provide um, a heart screening for our child? Is it possible for us to get an EKG? Have you asked me the questions? Do we have signs and symptoms of a potential heart condition? We test for over 40 heart conditions in our free heart screenings. We wouldn't have to do that if uh, insurance companies and legislators would just agree to cover a heart screen in a regular annual physical for these kids. So prevention is done by that and then also through our research. So we take all of the data points from the tens of thousands of kids that we've screened, we de-identify them and through a IRB-approved um, research study we have at, here at Jefferson University Hospitals, we are doing research right now on how to prevent sudden cardiac arrest in our kids. So you feel that even healthy children going to their pediatrician should have some sort of a special heart screening because I, I'm sure that there are plenty of cases where people have a latent heart defect or a heart condition that they're just not aware of or it's not prominent or the child doesn't mention to the parent that they feel like there's an extra heartbeat or something like that. Their heart's racing. They might not tell their parent about that. Yeah, I mean, we check their eyes and their ears. Why wouldn't we check their heart? And it's beyond a stethoscope. So unfortunately, this year, I've talked to five parents that have teenagers that have passed away because they had unidentified heart conditions that could potentially have been caught in a heart screening before. Not all of them can be caught, right? Damar Hamlin is someone that probably had a million heart checks, um, and then he suffered sudden cardiac arrest. So I'm not here to suggest that everyone... But if we're catching them, every single heart screening we've hosted, even through the pandemic, even when our heart screenings were only 20 kids, we're catching something in these kids. So we're just trying to advocate to ask the questions. The American Academy of Pediatrics made a recommendation a couple of years ago, finally, that suggested to pediatricians, please just ask for the signs and symptoms. Just at least you have a history of fainting. You know, is your child lethargic? It's not because they're maybe dehydrated. Maybe they need an EKG just to check them out. Well, I remember when my oldest child was young, he had a very kind of freakish case of hypertension. And we put him through a significant amount of screening. We even took him to Duke to find out, you know, he went on some medication and somehow has either grown out of it or is now better. But I remember it, it was terrifying. And the, and the access to 
youth heart screenings was quite limited. Like I said, we had to go all the way to Duke to get this screening. Now, now we are opening up a hosp- children's hospital in Richmond, but it shows you how the lack of access there really is to child heart care. The other thing that you talk about on your website, which is simonsheart.org, is preparing. And I'm assuming that's part of it is CPR. What else should parents, children be doing to prepare for the possibility of something happening, a cardiac arrest or some emergency for, for a heart condition? Yeah, so where is the closest AED, right? So, you know, people that suffer sudden cardiac arrest outside of the home only have a 10%, I mean, outside of a hospital setting, only have a 10% chance of survival. Oh, my gosh, that's a terrible statistic. Terrible. And the closer you are to an AED, that percentage of survival starts to rise, right? So, of course, you know, as the leader of an organization that talks about sudden cardiac arrest, I'd love an AED in everyone's home. That's really not that feasible. But when your child is playing on the field, if they're out at school, where is that AED? Keep on alert. You know, we know where our exits are on the airplane. We know where the fire extinguishers usually are. Do you know where the AED is? You have to be within one to three minutes of the AED in order for it to really impact your life. That's why Damar was you know, it, it's such a wonderful outcome because they had the emergency action place. They they had all the equipment. And, and in your case, you had the tools and the resources to take your child to Duke, right? And here we are in an environment where not everyone in the country has access, right? Has the ability to take their child somewhere to a specialty position. So we really want to create health equity when we're providing those AEDs and the CPR education too. Absolutely. Well, I I thank you so much for your time this morning. We are talking to Jennifer Parado, Executive Director of Simon's Heart. And people can learn more information by checking out your website because you take donations, you crowdfund for AEDs. So if somebody is a nonprofit, a, a, a recreation facility or something, and they're looking to obtain an AED, they can go on your website and get some crowdfunding for some some resources to obtain that, I assume? Yeah, that's right. And all of our social channels have it as well. We're everywhere right now. Um, but simonsheart.org is the best place to go. I thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. You too.